0: In a world full of uncertainty, one thing is for sure: cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia & Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, and cure. Register at lls.org bigclimb. It would mean a lot if you would do this, uh, not only for everyone that's suffering from leukemia and lymphoma, but my wife's grandmother died of lymphoma, and so we'll definitely be participating in this, and we hope to see you participating as well on June 13th.
1: I'm Deontay Burden, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's
0: Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Gildas Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah, On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up?
1: Well, it feels a little bit like early September and or late August, right? Where we are <laughs> yep. 15 to 20 days uh, from the beginning of anything related to basketball, the season is almost here, but it's not the real season. It's it's completely weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the feeling that I have now about basketball because it seems a lot, but yeah. also it seems that I don't know. It's everything stopped, and so you you. It's entirely new, but not new. So it's it's very weird.
0: Hmm. Yeah. No. I. I. It does feel weird because we do have the rest of the month of June and then the full month of July essentially. Before we get real basketball, but we do get one. We get those beautiful bells in the background. Two. Yeah, it's we. Uh, we do have. They're going to report for training camp. We're going to be getting news about you know the condition that people are in and things like that, which I think will be at least newsworthy stuff, which will be which will be exciting. take yeah. yeah. Muscle watch. Us home. Oh yeah, muscle watch will be fully engaged very soon. Which 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 is exciting.
1: It it already started by the way. We we basically so
0: That's true. Bayes Bayes got started early on muscle watch. Oh man. Yeah, some of those guys have been participating in this league called the Skins League in Oklahoma City. What one, what what do you think about people gathering like that? And then two uh you know, it's it's pretty interesting that you, these pros are going out there playing.
1: Yeah, it's 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 very weird. Um, we had gatherings here in Italy for like also for the protest uh, for Black Lives Matter, even yep. in Naples and Rome. Um, so we had some of that. Uh, we have also like bars and pubs open, so people are actually gathering outside. But sports here is, I would say, tame. Our Usual Wednesday basketball is very far from the starting again. So it's it's very different here, uh, the sports stuff. But, I mean, probably if it, it's not super safe, I would say, because, because, I mean, we are not outside of the the pandemic. Um, so on, on one hand, you don't want to risk that. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I mean, isn't it better that a guy like Bayes... Finds a little bit of rhythm before the season actually starts, and I hope that this is allowed formally by the Thunder in in some capacity. Uh, I assume that yeah, he he at least asked them if this is something that he could do. And I don't well, know. Sam if, if kind of addressed if, if that yesterday. Uh, oh, okay.
0: And he said he kind of stopped himself. He started to say, "Well, no one's been playing basketball," and he said, "Well." Some of these guys have been playing basketball, and I think that I don't know that he he may have meant bays, and you know I think he also means guys that are you know practicing one on one in the facility and things like that as well. But uh, I would be surprised if the Thunder did not know, especially what their young guys are doing. I think that that guys like Chris Paul and Gallinari, and even Steven Adams to an extent have probably a little bit longer a leash when it comes to what, what they're doing. But I'd be surprised if, if a rookie, you know, if they weren't keeping tabs on what, what a rookie is doing, especially that he's in the, in the city and he's here. Yeah. I'd be a little bit surprised.
1: Yeah, me too. So I, I don't see any real issue about that. He's young, he's healthy, and there wasn't too many people Inside, uh, inside the building. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's probably fine. It's not very different from like going to a crowded uh, street and, and take something from a bar or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's it's it looks very different, but it's it's not really in terms of like the possibility for you to get the virus.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sam Presti addressed the media yesterday through a. Microsoft Teams call
1: and great another one. That's this right. <laughs> software. Right. I've tried them all.
0: I know. I feel like I've been on all of them as well. Uh, but he one Sam does not have a beard anymore. So if you if you miss that, I uh, broke the news yesterday that Sam Presti has shaved his beard, which I'm not sure that anybody was too excited about. But uh, it has happened. So I can't remember who it was. I have to see if I can find it, but uh, someone said that whenever uh, everyone zigs, Presty zags, and Presty has zagged. Everybody has a beard right now. No, Sam's done. Sam's done with it.
1: Yeah, fresh start probably.
0: Yeah, For as well. Like mm-hmm. he,
1: he, sometimes you want to, to have a change, and I, I agree. I mean, like after the quarantine, some of my colleagues. And like general people had long beards, and so Sam had to do something very different.
0: Mm-hmm. So he addressed a lot of topics, but I th- I think that he wanted to step forward and and kind of plant the flag and of where the thunder are in regards to George Floyd and his his death and police brutality and things like that. So he opened up with like a really long statement, uh, over a thousand words. You know, spoken, and it was really actually very powerful. And he talked about his hope for our society and for the Oklahoma City community, and how the, the Thunder can help that, and they intend to help that. And I thought this statement in particular is really good. It says, "Really, what I'm trying to say is when the protests dissipate and slow, and the anger turns to sadness and sorrow." That is when the work of an organization like the Thunder or any organization should be building to its crescendo. That's when we should be doing our best work so that we can make this meaningful and not just short term. So it's really great. I mean, we've talked about how the Thunder have been helpful in growing the city and in growing businesses and downtown area and the revitalization of the downtown area in Oklahoma City. And it's it's been a huge deal in many ways but now they're willing to step up and push push our city forward in this way which i think is even more could be even more meaningful and so i i really I, you know i give a ton of credit to sam for putting together his statement and for the words that he said and <clears throat> excuse me i think that he's he's on the right track and i think that the thunder can help I think that they're a, a very, very powerful organization in Oklahoma City and can help uh, promote change uh, to, to its fans and at least just get people to listen and at least get people to become a part of a conversation. Because I think the th- you see the Thunder symbol, you think, oh, that, that will get people's attention, which I think is, is really what, what is needed. And so I, I love the idea that the Thunder are going to step up and, and try to affect change uh, in a positive way in and, and Oklahoma City community and really worldwide. I mean, Thunder fans are worldwide. So I think it's, I think it's really great. And if you want to go, you should go read it. His, his full statement, his full opening statement, you can go read it at theathletic.com. Uh, it's at on Eric, Eric Horn's feed, so you can um, go check that out. He had the whole thing uh, typed out so it's 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 really really good so uh
1: yeah i mean i i think that the the power of some words lies in the fact that uh, it's not easy to protest today um, um but it will be harder in a few weeks in a few months when this wave of protest will will be done um because it's 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 natural i mean uh, it's not the same, but we had similar things here against mafia uh, and it's hard to keep that up. It's really hard to uh, to build something that is sustainable, that, that it goes through the children, the kids in schools. It, it's very hard. Uh, because it's easier to, to just forget about that and say and and once the protests are, are done you don't feel the need to do anything but that is the moment where you need to do the most because there is no push no waves it, it's it's up to you uh, individually to do the job there is no more uh, there's not an entire community uh, a wave of people I, I saw the images of the protest in Philly that that was extremely powerful but once that is gone what is left? It, it, it's really important. And to draw a basketball comparison, it's 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 very easy to have a wave of, of success once you drafted James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant.
0: Mm-hmm. It's very
1: easy. Easy. The the, the beauty of what the OKC of of what the Thunder have done for OKC is build a sustainable success. And if they can do the same for this matter which is extremely important uh and goes beyond basketball beyond sports but but can be based on sport that would be a tremendous success for an, an organization because these topics uh, as, as sam said whenever there's like not many people that talks about that that is where you have to do the work and if the mm-hmm. thunder will do the work then it will be extremely important for for, for the community
0: mm-hmm. yeah you even I mean, Sam was as obviously himself been affected by this a lot to the point where he was asked if he was excited for the season to start. Like, what are your emotions? How are you feeling about it? And he was just trying to even gather his words just to say, listen, we're, we're going to play basketball and it's going to be great. But there's just so many more important things going on right now yeah. that it's just hard to even know what to feel about it. You know, and and also the, the complexity of traveling to Orlando and what that's going to look like, and how. And they talked about like advantages that you could have either way. He's like, I don't, I don't know. Like we've never done this before. This has never, this has never happened before, and everybody's kind of on the same level playing field, which is, which is a good thing. But he just talked. I mean, he, he could even, he couldn't even really say what he felt about it just because his his mind has just been on the recent events in US history, the COVID-19 and just everything just all in one. And really, I think that his focus is obviously on the team and the success the team can have. But it's also on how can the team bring success to our society and help mm-hmm. push things forward, which is great. And I... Now the weight that he has to feel, and and I think it's good. Like it's a good weight to have to feel because it is he is in a position to be able to invoke change and to be able to make people aware of things and do it in a productive way. And I think I think it's great that you could see that he is struggling with those things, which it means he's thinking about it, and it means that he is. Wanting to help, which I think is the kind of leadership that we need right now. And it's just interesting that we're getting it from a general manager of a professional basketball team. But uh, that is that's where it's coming from, which I, which I think is great. Uh, he also asked about Andre Robertson, which he gave an interesting answer for. And I'm going to I'm going to pull it up. So someone asked if if Andre was ready. I think it was actually Eric Horn that asked him if if Andre was ready to play. And he said that the time off has really helped Dre and that he's in a better place than they were on March 11th and that he has been doing a lot of one-on-one drills. And they need to figure out where he's at and get him out there and play him to see if he's ready to join the team. And he talked about him being a winning player and that he would very much help the team. So it wasn't a, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to find out. It was really a, yeah, He's he looks ready. Excuse me. He looks ready. And we're just going to have to go find out if he is. And so I think, one, I think there's a couple things that, that help the Thunder. One, they have a pretty long runway to get to even the start of training camp and getting to Orlando, which is good. And then two, Sharani reported on Friday that there's going to be two or three essentially preseason games before you play your eight games, which I think is a great time to get Andre out there and see what he looks like at game speed. Now, you can practice with him all day, and he may look great in practice. But get him out there playing you know, against an opponent at game speed and let's see where he's at. I think it's it's nice that the Thunder get a chance to do that with him. I don't I don't love adding just like extra things because I think the longer we make this if you're now they're gonna play be playing eleven games before we get to the playoffs. The the longer Yeah the longer it is before you get to the NBA finals I think the the chances of getting to the NBA finals decreases. <laughs> like it's just kind of scary to me because I, yeah. I want them to be able to crown a champion for this season. Uh, but also the good part about it is they're going to get a chance to try and see what Andre can do before you get to the meaningful game. So I think there's a lot of ways you can take it if the, If the it's not a bubble, everybody keeps saying it's not a bubble. But if if this Disney World attempt works great and we have really no major issues, obviously I think there will be some issues there. But if you don't have any major issues and you get through, you know all of this all this stress and worry will be for naught. But you know if if it does, gonna blow up in everybody's face. You just kind of wonder if if it should have just been done in a a more simple manner. I know that they're recouping $300 million by playing these eight games, which is obviously very important.
1: Uh, Yeah. It seems relevant. Yeah. Even even for a rich league like the NBA, uh, that number. um, Yeah, they're just playing the Mm odds. And I think that waiting until the end of July is it's not just for organizational purpose, but pro- also probably because they expect um, by all the models that are out there that the risk of having cases of coronavirus will be lower than, than it is now. And so, uh, yes, adding three or four extra game and on the top of the eight that are already bring a risk themselves and, and having a seven-game series, um, it's really risky. But I mean, uh, it's just basically playing the odds, and, and the number is probably too big to um, to say no in, in principle, and so they're just they're just trying to, to to have the better odds of completing the thing. Uh, regarding Andre, I'm I'm on the uh, Royce approach here. Um, on the last uh, Dream Team episode, he said, "I'll I'll believe when I see it," and, and it's good that Presti has good feelings about it. Uh, and th- that it just didn't dismiss the thing, um, but but we have to see what kind of player Dre is right now, because even if he's just a defensive mm-hmm. stopper that really hurts your offense, with Chris Paul and Dennis Schrader as your creation pl- creators plus Danilo Galinari, you will have a base level of offense. And even if Dre is terrible. On offense, if he's okay on the defensive side, then I think he will play um, mm-hmm. in, in coming to playoffs. Because it's not that Ferguson is bringing you too much. Defenses will not care about him nor Dort in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There is no chance where a defender uh, closes out on Dort or Ferguson. Maybe, maybe if he has a game like, if Ferguson has a game where he hits his first three three pointers, maybe they will start to close out. And so it's not that we have a wing that brings you incredible offense. The three-point guard lineup, sure, that is that is a lineup that they will use, and it's clearly the best offensive lineup that we have. But you can even play like Dre with Gallo, with the three-point guard lineup against a team like Houston. And so I wonder how that will, can, will come into place if uh, Dre is able to play. Mm-hmm. It adds a player that it could add a player that was a a starter in this league and probably the front runner for the defensive player of the year award but Mm -hmm. it's two years ago so I, i like the idea because again it can it can give you extreme extremely good versatility in terms of what you can do on defense but but it's but two years a long time
0: yeah and the league had already put Andre in this spot where he was only a cutter and only going to be in the dunker spot, you know, if he was going to play. And mm-hmm. I feel like the league is in has moved forward even more in the last two years. Yeah. And so you do have to – I think Andre would definitely help because, like you said, what is what are the alternatives? It's Terrence Ferguson. It's Lou Dort. And I think Lou Dort will play Ferguson with the way that he's played – this year, I mean, it's even Nader. You know, those are the guys, yeah. and those are all honestly today fringe NBA guys. And Andre was a, like you said, he was he was a a clear NBA player. He got a second contract. He got paid a lot of money, which means that this is a good player. And so, if he has a chance to to be a guy that's similar to what he was that's extremely helpful to this squad because he's also just a smart, smart player and isn't going to just stand there and, um, you know, he's, he's not going to hesitate. He'll, he'll move the ball quickly. He'll cut, he'll try to get to the rim when he can, he can handle a little bit. And so to me, it's, it's a welcome addition if he can actually play. But again, this yeah, is all and say, theoretical. Say
1: that you, yeah, and say that you need, you have James Harden hitting whatever, and you need five minutes of elite defense just to, to stop his rhythm mm-hmm. for, like, in, in a tight game. Andre can do that for you. Yep. And again, five minutes you can sustain, even if on offense you don't have anything, because Chris Paul will be able to, to manufacture a jump shot. Anyway, mm-hmm. you can just have Robertson screening and, and, and Chris will get to a jumper. So I, I really think, I really hope that he, he can at least play some minute. Maybe he will be in a, on a heavy minute restriction or whatever. It, it would be great to see him play, to be honest.
0: Well, I mean, if they do end up playing Houston somehow, like a 4-5 or five matchup. Yeah. If you could play Chris Paul, Shea, Schroeder, Gallinari... And Robertson against him. Yeah, you use
1: him as a screener.
0: Yeah, then he, you, he is just in the dunker spot. Like he's your center on, on an yeah. offense. And yeah. he, like you said, he's a screener. And he did that. He did that. When the Thunder played the Warriors, he did that.
1: Yeah, he, Ibaka was not playing as a screener, he was just spacing the floor. And you had Robertson as a de facto center. And it actually worked. Yep. Until Clay.
0: Yep. So I think, I think that to me, that's, that's very interesting. It's a, it's a very interesting, it, it adds a a dynamic that the Thunder didn't have because otherwise if you're going to go really small, I mean, you'll, you'll have to play a guy that's inexperienced like Dort or you'll have to play Terrence Ferguson or you'll have to play Baisley or you have to play Nader or Muscala. Yeah. And you know, yeah, the, and it's not
1: that those options are are bad. I mean, Baisley could be a good option. Muscala against Houston was a good option. Yeah, it just adds another layer, mm-hmm. another reliable player that, if he's in game shape, gives you another another thing to try. Yeah, like it's maybe maybe he'll play like five minutes in the playoffs because I mean I don't know because maybe Muscala finds a shot or Baisley. Um, comes back and he's a different player Mm -hmm. but having him available will be important Like Mm -hmm. no coach will say well I don't know I just prefer what I have No, Dre Dre was a good player and so if he's available then I'm sure Billy will find a way to use him
0: Mm -hmm. yeah there's no doubt and he he's played so many minutes against Harden and he's also played Mm -hmm. with Russell Westbrook for so long yeah that if they do end up playing Houston somehow, he'd be very valuable. And he'll be valuable on the bench, you know, coaching up Ferguson and Dort in those moments as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but more valuable if he can play. <laughs> more valuable if he, yes. can, he can be the one to do it. Uh, the, the second kind of big topic that was discussed was Lou Dort's contract and he was asked about it in a couple of different ways he was asked you know what's the status and same and it's just an honest answer it's we don't really know we haven't been given all the details on what we can do with two way contracts and some news leaked over the weekend about that and it's gonna it's gonna happen is what it all comes down to is that this is gonna happen and Sam even said when he was asked again if his intent was to sign him to a full NBA contract and he said that they were going to have to weigh their options and kind of gave a, a vague answer on that but then said that he's a guy that's going that they envision being a part of the team moving forward. Yeah. And which is really the answer. Like that's that's the answer everybody was kind of waiting for. Obviously it's and it's just obvious. I mean, we've talked about it on the show for a long time. Dort's gonna get a contract. It's going to happen. No one needs to be concerned about it or think Thunder will be like, yeah, maybe we'll just cut him loose. And I mean, no. I mean, they've he's played really well for them, and has developed. Starting. And yeah, he's the starting, I guess, small forward or is Shea the small forward? Who knows? Whatever. He's Not starting whatever. On, starting on the wing for the Thunder, and it's and this was brought up on Friday, the Friday show, but. Now Dort and Baisley get this off season in between their kind of second season, and a lot of times there can be some develop there can be development that happens in between that can be helpful to players, and yeah. I I think it's very 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 interesting for these rookies and for these second year players to come back because the second year guys they get their second off season. I mean this is longer than a traditional off season to to work you know individually and on their game and on their craft and to go back and watch and see what did i do right what did i do wrong how can i get better and i think that the organizations have been working with both those guys on what they can do and so it's 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 very interesting it'll be very interesting to see how both perform and maybe the pressure is too much and neither of them can play i mean that could be a thing We've, yeah. s- we've seen it in the past with players. I
1: mean, Domas didn't play a minute against Houston or uh, close to that. I know. It was a non-factor, a complete non-factor. Probably, like, coaching decision actually mattered mm-hmm. in, uh, in, that, in that particular uh, moment in time. But, I mean, it can happen that you, as a rookie, you can just be a non-factor in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. And... That does not determine the way in which you will progress as a player yeah so uh, but back, back to what you said i was thinking uh when i uh, when i listened to the Frypod, well yeah this is an off season but they didn't get to practice uh in la like a lot of young players do yeah with, that's true. with professional trainers but then i thought well isn't it what they are doing now though they have an nba staff that basically do. One on one for them, so they have the entire month of June where they can practice, and they had like half um, I think two weeks in May to just craft their individual skills with the Thunder. So it's even more tuned for what they for what the Thunder envisioned them to be as player as players. So maybe that, that part will be there uh, there even even in this uh, kind of off season and plus i think that in the last 3 months they had a ton of time to work on films and this is something that that you can actually do while you're staying in your home that maybe you don't get to practice the day after because there was no one who uh, there was no one to practice with but at least the films and and then may and june of actual training they had they had that so maybe there will be Maybe there will be some improvement from them. Um, regarding to Dort contract, I think that this like coronavirus crisis probably uh, ends up being uh, bad for Dort because the salary cap will shrink or yeah. at least it will stay the same. Uh, but I don't believe that. And and so there, there will be less money around mm-hmm. and there will be less teams that are Willing to throw, I don't know, three millions per year to a guy like Dort just to just to have him. And and so I wonder if this will end up being just the Thunder signing him for a little bit more than the minimum or a rookie scale deal like like a normal pick between the 25th and the 30th uh, in terms of salary. And and the world will just agree to that because the negotiation that he can have is very little at the moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no question that it could, I mean, financially it's, it's much worse for Lou and it could end Mm -hmm. up being advantageous for the thunder where they say, Hey, here's a three year contract at just above the minimum Player option on the last deal, on the last year, what do you say? And if you can get him for two more years, yeah, again, at yeah. close to a minimum, I mean, that's, I, I, I believe it will be a, a bargain value for OKC. Yeah.
1: And you can, and you will have these bird rights then. And so you can, you can reach an extension. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not that it has to go like, um, Grant well Grant was already the second contract so i really think there is a chance that even if this contract is not the ideal contract for Dort it gives you both parts both parties two um, two extra years where you can measure what kind of player Dort is mm-hmm. so I, I, again i think i think that the contract around 1.5 one point something millions per year um, is in play and yeah. and for the thunder is a bargain for Lou is guaranteed money mm-hmm. um, and in just two year of, of this kind of salary and then we'll see
0: yep yep I think I think that's right I think that will be interesting to see what the options of thunder are given and we'll see what what they do but Loudor will go to Orlando and he will play and he will likely start yeah. For this team in the playoffs, so I would not, I would not question that or be, you know, alarmed at anything. <laughs> so I would, I would not yeah. go there.
1: Yeah, and I don't see even Ludor being like this. Is a great opportunity for Ludor, like playing yeah. the playoffs. Oh yeah, because it's it's a weird off season. And so there will be no time between the end of this actual season and, and the next one. Um, so all the negotiation will be different. So if you have an opportunity to shine, just do it. <laughs> just do it because it, it will matter. And so if you sit out, what's your value in October? You, if you sit out, it's because you, you basically didn't want to sign the contract with OEC. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that can be a positive thing for you.
0: Right yeah there's there's just very, very little chance of something like that happening very, very little. Yep. so we ha- we got a question do you do you have it pulled up McKelly, or do you remember uh, what it was at least a proximity uh, of what, what it was? was.
1: Uh, I, I can get to a to a proximity, not, not exactly uh, the question, but it was like, suppose that Lou Dort stays an extra year at Arizona State. And it shots the same percentage and in the same way, uh, form included, um, that it did with OKC. Mm -hmm. So more consistent form and around 30%. What's -hmm. his range this year? Or, well, the question was about last year. Does he go in the uh, the 20s, uh, borderline lottery? I think last year he would probably be in the 20s. I don't see him going in the lottery Mm -hmm. this year he is probably in the same range as tyrese maxi or a guy like that yeah maybe a little bit behind but not so much so i think that he is uh, a player that goes around the 20s Yep. maybe like late teens early 20s this year and probably a couple of spots um
0: yeah, here's the question from 405 fan: If Dort went back to college and shot like he did this year in OKC, way more consistent form, not near the crazy we saw last year, what range would he be in this draft? Yeah, I I think that's right. I, I think let me let me pull up a mock draft real quick because there's guys that are going in like at least mocked in the mid first round. Mm-hmm. That you can compare him to at least reasonably. Yeah. Even Patrick Williams is he's Patrick Williams is bigger and it plays a different yeah. position. But they're kind of similar in a lot of ways. In that yeah. good defenders and Patrick Williams is much more developed offensively than I think Dort is. But I think it's
1: mm. I don't know that. He had a very Dort had a very good game around the basket. The, sh- the shooting was true. the Transition the shooting is also was good. Abysmal. Yeah. Abysmal. Yeah. And and I would I would venture in saying that yes, in, in OKC he shot better, but not extremely better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not that he he went from a, a e min- an F shooter to a B shooter. Yeah. I would say that he went from F to D minus. <laughs> so <laughs> does that really change the outcome? I think that The part that changes the outcome for me is seeing that he's a very, very, very good defender at the NBA level from Mm -hmm. the start. Mm -hmm. And that you could you could guess that that was the case. Uh, But you can never say like you can say, well, yes, he's a good defender in college because he can bully everyone. Let's see when he has to guard a bully like James Harden. Well, Mm -hmm. it turned out pretty good. So Mm -hmm. that you could not know. And, and if you know that you have a defensive stopper that can actually handle the ball, that cannot be, that can be um, a little bit more than a zero on offense, say at least not a net positive, but but not a huge negative, then this makes me say plus the upside that he has, still has, then yes, I will take him between probably in this draft around the twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like Maxi, so for me it's in the same ballpark. As a player uh maxi has way more creation um potential uh, Dort has more physicality uh, i'm way more sure about his defense shooting is about the same max is a little bit better but i don't trust the shot to, to translate so in that range uh, yeah. rj hampton do you have in ahead? head probably yes Still yes ahead um, but but it's it's close so yeah yeah, of course it doesn't go in the second round. That that to me is sure.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and Dort shot well from the line. He shot almost seventy-eight percent from the line, which is better than Nader, better than Baisley. You know, he's not in the Hami range of of shooter. Yeah, Homme, you know, Hami shot sixty-two percent from the free throw line.
1: No, he 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 actually improved as a, as a shooter. But mm-hmm. would you say he's a C, as a shooter, I, I don't think I, don't I, I know, would probably not. not. I would <laughs> not, not be an average task. shooter. Yeah, yeah, it's below average. I, I think that is if C is your average, then Dortch needs to be below average. Yeah, for sure, is five percentage point behind average. So even even D minus is, seems like a good grade.
0: Hmm. Yeah. No, I think I think that's that's true. But I think it's it's an interesting question. I think that he.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean I'd take him round one I mean he really he should have gone in the first round In last year's draft Is really what, yeah. it, is what it comes down to as well Is that people missed On Lou Dort And yeah, yeah. That's, that's And then that's great for the Thunder. did
1: the rest Because I, I think yeah. there was It was rumored that He basically said well if you give me A, a second round contract I will not sign it away for you and probably some teams Passed because of that Because the reason the, the reasoning was, well, if I have to sign A two-way contract, let me do it Whenever, wherever I want mm-hmm. And th- that being OKC So Once it, it wasn't first round Then, and, and remember I mean, a lot of players Regards to um, Not two-way contract um, Second round contracts as bad Contracts for them Yeah because it gives a team a lot of leverage. And if you are if you're a two-way or just a, um, a free agent signing, you have negotiation power that you don't have if you are a second-round pick. So it's actually um, that, that actually was the reason to me why he, he wasn't signed in the second round. He mm-hmm. wasn't picked in the second round.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, would, would you take him over Jordan Poole? Keldon Johnson?
1: Uh, Yes, but I saw... uh, Yes, today, but not back then, probably.
0: Nasir Little?
1: Uh, Not back then, for sure. What
0: about about today? Yeah, I'm just talking about today. Should he have gone? Yeah. Ty Jerome?
1: Uh, Yes, for sure. Yeah. Even back then, maybe. Well, well, no. We were both high on the shooting and the creation. Uh, And it can still be something. But... This
0: will really put you to the test Because this is a guy that we both really liked in the draft Fiondu Kabangele.
1: Oh I, uh, I was thinking about Cabangeli, um On Saturday While I was watching uh, Patrick Williams for yeah. The Twin team Thunder of the Dark Draft series that we are doing I said well man Cabangeli didn't have A lot of space in, in Los Angeles So I mm-hmm. don't really know I still like a lot Kabengele. I think yeah, he I can gotcha. be a starter one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but one day, Dort was a starter. Uh, probably he's a starter in two teams uh, in the league and not the other 28th. Yeah, and yeah. Because look, he has that issue uh, at the forward slash guard spot. But still, he wasn't a bad starter. No. And I cannot say the same today as Fiondo Kabengele, Even mm-hmm. if I like, I still like the project. Mm-hmm. If I had to choose today, I would be extremely torn mm-hmm. between the two. Because I think that Kavangeli has, as of today, first, ground, first round grades. And Dort has as well. But I don't know. I really like big men that are aggressive rebounders and that can shoot trees. I think they will have space in the league coming forward, going forward. If yep. Dort doesn't evolve as a three-point shooter, I cannot say the same. He will have space but he will not be a starter in most of the teams, mm-hmm. even with this kind of defense. So
0: yeah, Kevin Kelly is two years older than Dort.
1: Yeah, that. that, that, that has, that is important. I don't, I don't know his story, so I don't know if he's late basketball, like pressure Chua or mm-hmm. uh, Pascal Siakam guys mm-hmm. that are, have the same kind of career path coming from directly from Africa. Um, like where you play a different brand of basketball, completely different kind yeah. of basketball. And so you never know. Um, but it counts. It counts. You have two extra years. And there's no one that can tell you today that Dort will be the same player in two in two years. Two years can transform a player.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. And he should have... We don't um, know. Yeah, no, we don't. We should have... He, he should have gone... I mean, we you get up to. You get up to the twenty third pick, which is Baisley, right? And I think that's where, you say, I don't know that I would have taken Dort over Baisley just because of the upside that he has. And then you have like Grant Williams and Brandon Clark and Matisse Taible and Lucas Samanich and Nikola Alexander Walker. Yeah, Samanich. I don't know. I liked Samanich? him. I liked him as a prospect. He's obviously he's yeah. played one game. You know, I yeah. like his at least positional versatility. But I'm just saying, like, in that range, I think that's a little bit out of Dort's range. But then, like, you get to, like, Ty you Jerome, are... Nasir Little, Dylan Windler, Gavin Gale, Jordan Poole. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, i take him over all those guys today.
1: Yeah. yeah. So,
0: to me, he should have gone between 24 and 30.
1: Yes. And on last year's and draft. And this year, he's probably five position ahead. Five spots
0: ahead. Yeah, he's in. He's he's in like the eighteen range.
1: Yeah, eighteen to twenty five.
0: Yeah, I yeah. think that's reasonable. Which means the Thunder got a steal off the scrap heap after the draft. Oh and, yeah, and 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 frankly, a guy that may have been even more motivated by that. I mean, he was pretty. I mean, I I talked to him. I did an interview with him. At the the blue facility when he hadn't played a game for the Thunder yet. And you could tell he was not comfortable being there. He's like, I don't, he didn't say this outright, but he essentially said, I don't belong here. I mean, I, you know, I should have gone in the draft. He said, I was still upset about not being drafted. And, you know, I should. I should be on an NBA team, and he's right. I mean, he was—he was right. We forget that he was in the G League for a, a yeah. large portion yeah. of the year, and yeah, you know, he—he yeah. he belongs. Mean, it
1: was—was was it late January, mid January when yeah. he had this first real crack of the, rota- to the, for the of the in the rotations? So yeah, I mean, but but that that extra motivation is, and and the the demeanor is. Mm-hmm is part of what makes Lou Dort an NBA player. Yep. That can go badly, uh, like we saw in multiple occasions. And other times, like with with Schroeder, I mean, you can see a guy that wants to start, but still knows that the best way to do it is to do the best job you can where you, where you are. And Dort played great in the, in the G League. Mm-hmm. Like, he was very, very good. He was not like a guy that didn't play defense there because he didn't belong. No, 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 he, he worked. He worked hard there. Mm-hmm. it was clearly an nba player and he had his chance and when he had the chance he immediately showed and that yep. that is something that you just you just have to like uh sometimes it's not your like sometimes with the same path you have your chances and you blew it yep. and sometimes it's luck sometimes it's what you are well dort had probably luck because with Tifer not having any issues probably he does not have a, a chance but once he had it He showed that that what he what he felt was actually right, Mm -hmm. and he belonged on an NBA court, and that that speaks highly of him and about his work ethic and and his self belief. So, believe in himself. So, yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah, he uh, he joined the team in early December, December fourth, and then played a few games, and then was kind of inactive. For a large portion of that, and then his first game to start was on. You were right, January twentieth was his first start yep. against against yep. Houston.
1: Wow! Ah, oh, good memories. Yep. I just want to see him play. I and do. Too. Thunder and whatever. <laughs> like I want to see Shea scooping to the to the rim. I know. Like I just missed that
0: soon McKelly. soon we'll get that Uh, thanks for listening to our show, you can follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barrow, you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht hope you have a great day and a great week and we will talk to you guys again with Week 12 of the Duffer Buckets Trivia Hour